Oops, wrong button. This is How Sound from PRX, the public radio exchange. Top of the morning to you. Rob Rosenthal here, the host for How Sound, the backstory to great radio storytelling. Here's a radio voice I'm sure you recognize. For decades, America has spent billions of dollars so the military can protect oil interests in the Middle East. As we become That's Audie Cornish. She's one of the hosts of NPR's All Things Considered. The new energy geopolitics and how it changes our foreign policy. Today on All Things Considered from NPR News. Audie's been hosting All Things Considered for about a year now. We recently had a chance to talk about interviewing, and I learned one question I shouldn't have asked her. So who have you interviewed? Who are some of the people you've interviewed over the years? Oh, my gosh, Robert, are you being serious right now? <laughs> that list is like, that list in the last year alone uh, is kind of ridiculous. Well, it's no wonder she had trouble figuring out how to answer that question. Audie says she interviews at least three people a day, five days a week. And those are just host interviews with a guest. If she's working on features, she's interviewing even more people. What's that, a total of 15 to 20 interviews a week? I only discovered this this word a few days ago, which is Newsheimers. <laughs> That's real. Like, an interview's done and you forget that it happened because you already have to go on to the next interview. And people will ask you, they're like, oh, you talked to this person last week. And I'm like, I did. Sounds great. You know, like you just can't even remember anymore. Is that terrible? That sounds terrible. No, actually, I don't think it's terrible. I think it's quite enviable because who has she interviewed? Stephen King, Peter Gabriel, Halle Berry, plenty of newsmakers and people on Capitol Hill. Then add in all the interviews she's conducted as a field reporter for NPR and WBUR in Boston. I mean, heck, it's 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 no wonder she froze when I asked, who have you interviewed? Do you get nervous? Yeah. Yeah, that's a given. I get so nervous I could puke. I get really stressed out. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it just depends on scale. So if I'm going... I always, always get nervous, first of all, period. So that's a given. And when I first sit down in front of the microphone, that's when I feel like lightheaded. And then the person starts talking and I, I try and warm them up and therefore, like, they're, thereby try to warm myself up. Um, but the first, the, the 10 minutes before I go into an interview, I always feel awful. And I always, and the 10 minutes when I get out, I always feel like I failed. So she can't remember immediately who she's interviewed. She gets so nervous she wants to upchuck. And when she's done, she feels like a failure. That makes Audie the perfect person to interview about interviewing, right? Well, the answer is definitely yes, because Audie's great at it. And she has lots of useful tips. First tip, do research. Lots of it. And right before you do an interview, take a minute to do one last online search. Which in the age of Google, it, there's kind of no excuse not to do that. Just a very, you know, even an hour before you go see, just see, did something pop up so that you don't talk to someone and then immediately find out your, your interview is dated because you didn't know that some other comment they made is, is floating out there. But Audie cautions that you can over-research. She says a successful interview is one where you discover something new in the moment. If you don't leave any room for surprise, uh, if you don't leave any room for your own thoughts, you'll end up kind of regurgitating things that you've read already. And if you know too much going in, you risk being infinite in all directions, unfocused. Yeah. No, uh, as a person who loves research, I absolutely do that. It's a terrible habit, and I overwhelm myself in, in interviews when I get too much tape. 
on too many topics, it's because I've done that exact thing. Over-researched. <laughs> And now I have too many things in my head and I want to ask too many things. And I, I barely know why I'm there anymore because I've got so many ideas because I've over-researched. So that's possible. The other thing about over-research is because you can never research enough, you always feel behind. That's not a good feeling. And you don't want to set yourself up like that. Here's another tip. Once you're done with the research, write out your questions. Audie says the order matters, but once you're in the interview, you need to listen. Let the interviewee's answers guide you, not the order of the questions. And to help with focus, have a North Star, she says. Have a sense of the focal point of the interview. She calls it a burning question, the primary bit of information that you want to know about above all others. In fact, Audie goes so far as to suggest boiling down the focus of an interview to one word. It's an approach she gleaned from writers. When you read about writing from, like, Stephen King, he's got a great book on writing, um, or um, Damon Lindelof, this guy who wrote uh, the, the TV show Lost, they talk about this idea of um, there being a kind of core concept. And with Lindelof, he, he would, he's the one who got it down to one word, where he would say, uh, well, you know, with the movie uh, Prometheus, which I interviewed him for, he said, you know, it, the central idea was creation. And that's what that movie was about. I mean, it was about aliens and these doctors running around and people getting killed. It's a horror movie. It's crazy. But then when you really, really looked at the film, it was about creation. These scientists go out into the space and try and figure out where do I come from, which is a much bigger question than like an alien movie, you know, you would think. And I started to look for this pattern in other places and I would sort of find it, you know, I would find um, most recently I'm working on a story about the the book Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. It's been adapted for the theater for the first time in terms of a, an official approval by the Ellison Trust. And that, that book is about identity. It's about race. It's about America. It's about democracy. There's like many other words you could use. But the core, 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 so obviously is about identity. Who am I? And what I like about this approach is... Um, you don't have to be kind of a smarty pants to employ it. And you don't have to feel like, what if I'm wrong about the big idea? Like, that doesn't matter. What matters is that you kind of can, it helps you to sort through all the things you're going to be um, doing and all the tape you're going to get and all the tangents and detours and helps you stay on course. You're listening to How Sound, the backstory to great radio storytelling. I'm Rob Rosenthal. Audie Cornish is my guest. She hosts All Things Considered, along with Robert Siegel and Melissa Block. We're talking about interviewing. Audie says there's a rule of thumb that's frequently given as advice for interviewing. Start easy and broad. Richard Gere disabused me of that notion. <laughs> after, after talking with him for some time, I asked him about, you know, what it was like for him kind of on the other side of the microphone. And he told me what he found to be the worst question, which is uh, the open-ended kind of, tell me about your character. The worst question, you probably know that already, is tell me about your character. That seems kind of broad. It's the worst well, one. Well, we call that a softball. We're trying or to help you out. tell me about out. your movie. <laughs> right. Tell me about your movie. It's like, ay, ay, ay. Yeah. To distill it into a couple sentences. It's just, you know, it's, it's so much better if you tell the plot so that that part is done. The heavy lifting is done. Oh, by good. You. you guys don't mind that. See, I thought that you didn't no. like sitting through us saying the plot. No, no, no. You can do it. 
and you, because they know you're going to be reductive about it anyhow. You're just going to give. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's true. So you yeah. be reductive, not me. Same amount of time. <laughs> you know, I I thought this was like the easy thing, but as it turns out, he. But also, I've learned many other people, regular people you interview in the field, um, politicians. The like too open ended question can be a pitfall and it can be confusing for people because they have they're not sure what you want and um whatever you ask i think it's just good to keep in mind uh that sometimes those opening questions are a way to not just set the tone but to make it clear uh this is to somewhat set the parameters this is what we're going to be talking about and i'd like to go off on many tangents and threads but to start here's the idea that um I'm hoping you can help me understand. For many years, Audie was a field reporter for NPR. Her beats included Capitol Hill, election coverage in 2008, and the southern United States. She started hosting news programs about a year ago and says there's a big difference between interviewing for a feature and a one-on-one interview as a host. Your interview as a host in particular, it carries the weight of the almost the entire narrative for that moment. So in a field interview... You're going to pull in other voices, and that will make your report at the end of the day. You'll hear from an analyst. You'll hear from the opposing ideas. You'll hear from some other person who's opposing. You'll hear from the person's mother. I mean, you're going to try and put the kitchen sink into that story, and then you're going to write around it and give it a ton of context. That's not the case a lot of times when you're just in a studio interview. You've got to have a beginning, middle, and end. You've got to put in the context yourself. Um, You've got to fact check on the fly. So it's a different kind of conversation, and you're trying to do a lot with just one other person. Now, you've been described as someone who really is very closely aligned with the Obama administration. Here's an example of what Audie's talking about. She's interviewing Elizabeth Warren, a Democratic Senate candidate in Massachusetts. Because it's just a one-on-one interview, Audie has to carry the contextual information in her questions. She also has to represent the opposing point of view. Uh, But when you look at something like the you didn't build that comment from President Obama, some of that was traced to an argument you made last summer in which you were saying that nobody in this country got rich on their own. Do you regret how that comment has played out in the end? You know, let's be clear here. Uh, The burning question for her was about this comment, you didn't build that that the president had made. So President Obama makes this comment, and people quickly find that the root of it is an argument that she had made at a fundraiser, uh, at a House fundraiser the summer before, in a video that went viral. And when I had to interview her, I felt like this was the burning question. The burning question is, hey, you're the mastermind behind this idea, and now uh, now your opponents are trying to hang you with it. Um, what do you have to say about that? And And she'd been getting the question a lot, but it's like I still had to ask it. But at the same time, obviously, there's something about this that's resonated with a business community that already is sour on the administration and feels as though this this betrayed a kind of lack of understanding or kind of devaluing of private enterprise by the Democratic Party. No, I think that's I don't think that's right at all. I think what's happening. And I got a lot of criticism uh, from the listeners for even asking it. You know, I got uh I think we ended up doing a letter segment. But one of the comments people made was that I was using Republican talking points to have the conversation. Well, you know, the fact is 
this is what the rivals were talking about. And you have to you have to give people an op- an opportunity to answer these things. Are there questions that you always ask an interviewee? Yeah, I always ask. Uh, this worked better as a field reporter than as a studio than in a studio host situation. But I always would ask, is there anything I missed? You know, what what should I have asked you that, like, you know, you really want people to know? You know, that seems very softball, but I've definitely in field reports had someone say, well, you know, it's funny. Nobody's asked me this important thing that everybody should know and isn't in the papers yet. And you're like, what the heck? I wouldn't even have known to ask that. In the field, I also ask people, um, who else should I talk to? I also ask them, um, who's the person who totally has the opposite argument from you? Because you know what? They all know each other. And they're used to to bickering. Uh, As a host, what I try and do is always have an ender. And there's lots of times where you can ask lots of questions and not have anything that feels final. And this is a lot harder thing to explain because there's no real answer to this. Um, I just know, like, uh, this feeling that's like, ah, thanks for talking with me. You know, you can just, like... They've imparted some wisdom or shared something about their childhood or they've laughed or they've they've just said something that has a feeling of summation. Um, and the other thing I try and do, which I read in the book How Sound. No, not How Sound. Sorry, Rob. In the book Sound Reporting, which is the NPR handbook. And I think Noah Adams has written about the idea of motivation, that you basically shouldn't leave an interview without knowing why did this person do the thing that they did? What is it that motivates them? Why are they propelled to do a certain thing? Um, So even if you're only talking to someone for four minutes, I would say that don't leave without knowing why, why they personally have a dog in the fight, why they personally find this important to them, because that's probably going to be your most compelling piece of tape. How would you answer that question? Oh, God. Um... I know that when I got into journalism and when I got into NPR even, there were not as many minority reporters as I thought made sense to cover the news. And then when I went to the Associated Press, and I was the only person of color in that particular newsroom, you know, other than one other photographer, um, I realized that it was just news. It wasn't just public radio. And that, uh, to me, what makes newsrooms work is when there is a marketplace of, of ideas. And the marketplace of ideas means people have to come from different places. People have to come from different backgrounds. And the media world is really, really crap about that. You know, just by virtue of kind of how you get into it and internships and like everything about the structure lends itself to a certain kind of person being in this world. And... When I started to do it, I thought I ask different questions from from a lot of my coworkers, um, and sometimes people think they're more different than they really are, you know. And I think if you're in a newsroom where there's a lot of consensus all the time, you should be worried. And uh, I think that's that's why I'm here at the root of it is I kind of feel like I'm just one more voice in the mix, and um, and I, I think. That's important because in, you can't just stand on the sidelines and say there should be a mix. Like you have to get in there and, and try and, and be a part of things. Well, there's an ender. 
Audie Cornish, co-host of NPR's All Things Considered. Audie mentioned the book Sound Reporting, which was published a few years ago. She's right. It's an excellent book. I've put a link up at the blog, howsound.org. My thanks to Steve Junker at WCAI on Cape Cod for some technical assistance. This is How Sound, the backstory to great radio storytelling. It's produced by the Public Radio Exchange, prx.org. I'm Rob Rosenthal. Thanks for listening. transom.org.